Yo! Film gods, it's beginning to look a lot like the middle of November. So please, like, it's coming. Christmas is coming. But I haven't got my tree up yet. It's not yet. Feels a bit early. But it's coming. It's coming. Um, Today's episode, honestly, I, I just had such a great time. Because he's a man. The man is a legend. The man is a legend. Okay. In his own words, you know, he's rapped. And, um, and 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 he's had his time and he's had an amazing time. And actually, it yes, it's about the film crew, but the most knowledgeable and the most wisdom are going to be those people that have been doing it for the amount of years that he's done it. And in this time where, you know, these uncertain times, the episode really deals with spotting an opportunity and going for it, trusting your gut, doing what feels right, taking a chance. And in these kind of uncertain COVID times, it's those opportunities that are going to present themselves. If you open yourself up to them, they will present themselves. Um, And then it's just about having that courage and conviction to kind of go through with it. And that's the episode. But the way that he says it and in his own vibe is Stevie G at his best. Um, So ladies and gents, big up. Let's do it. Let's get started. So, recording. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, film gods, um, I'm very honoured and privileged to have been able to carve out some time of this of this man's life to to be able to come on the episode. Um, you know, it was a name that, as I was running, I would always hear um, constantly when I was at work. And um, recently, during the summer, he was. He turned up, I did a charity walk, and he was there, David Bailey style, with his camera, ready to take some snaps um, at the at La Isla Negra, at Black Island. And I'm just so, so pleased and so privileged that he's coming on, and he said yes, and we're going to have a great chat. Um, so, sir, without any further ado from me, what is your name? And I normally ask what's your role on the call sheet, but I guess it's a, it, this is a, it's a different vibe than the normal one. So, But I'll, I'll ask the question. So what's your name and what's your role on the call sheet, sir? Okay, um, how are you doing? Yeah, good. <laughs> so um, my name's Gudici, or Gudici, but most people know me as Steve G. Um, Steve G. I guess because he can't pronounce my name. <laughs> so that's what I've become known, and that's what I think about myself in a work environment, which I don't kind of do. Mm. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, um, <laughs> for the purpose of this chat, I'm a bit of an imposter. Um, <laughs> I'm no longer doing what I've done for a hell of a long time, you know. Yeah. Um, but essentially, my role in the call sheet, you see, I do appear in the call sheet. You yeah, know, you're so, there, front uh, page. You know, I'm yeah, there, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, yeah, you studio are. Studio manager, you know. Um, there you go. Uh, I was a director at Black Island Studio, MD at Black Island Studios, but I was a studio manager. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, I've always said, you know, and I'll say it again, that's part estate agent part janitor and part maintenance guy, love you know? It. Yeah, I love it. That's what it's about, you know? Um, I um, And there's lots of people that will agree with me, you know, when I was talking. One of the things is I kind of didn't really talk to people outside the industry about what you what, what I did, you know, yeah, all yeah. the time. Because, you know, yeah. people say, oh, you know, the standard requires you to make anyone famous, blah, 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 yeah. you know? But, um, you know, I kind of describe it to people. Well, you know, we've got some 
big old sheds in West London and people come and film it, you know, <laughs> which, which essentially is what it is, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people would agree with that, you know. Yeah. Um, but and where did you know, you, so where did that start? Like, I guess most people think of you know, film, you know, students go to film school and they want to be directors and DOPs and all the rest of it. But how do you how do you become a studio? Like, how does that role become part of your life? Is it something that you kind of went, I love filming? and I love logistics and this kind of suits me, or is it just something that you kind of suddenly went, Oh, I'm, I'm doing this now. Uh, I'm doing this now. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, totally by accident. Okay. And I think, I think that's true of quite a lot of people mm. in the industry, you know, yeah. especially for example, I guess in the construction side of things and the art department, you know, mm. cause you look at the art department, you know, and a lot of them have been fine artists, you know, yeah. have been graphics and they've kind of, maybe someone's asked them to do something and they thought, I kind of like this and they've grown into that. Mm-hmm. I guess it's different from, you know, sort of the camera side of things where it's yeah. more structured, but yeah. a lot of people, and, you know, and also, you know, one of the things that I feel is, you know, it's not about how you enter, but a lot of us in this industry are misfits in the um <laughs> in the best possible way do you know what agreed. i mean you know yeah agreed we we're we're here because we like the vibe we like mm. the crew ethos we like the especially in the in the commercial sector which is mm. where you and i well you work and and i worked um mm. not always you know they also like that and i certainly like that you know my, my thing was like uh, kiss them good day today and kiss them goodbye tomorrow you know you you don't have that kind of content you don't have that boredom that you could get I mean completely you know I I retired two three years ago I mean Christ I probably would have shot myself if it was in a proper job do you know what I mean where I had to wear a suit and a tie and go into an office 95 and do that all the all the time you know why do a nine yeah, to five I when mean, you can do a seven till midnight, you know? Exactly. exactly <laughs> you know? Yeah. Seven to midnight the next day, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, the way I got into it was um, I uh, was living in London. I'd come down here. I've spent more of my time, more of my life in England. And, and, and basically, during the yuppie boom of the uh, late 70s, early 80s, I was kind of working with a developer in Docklands. Mm-hmm. And um, this developer, uh, I went away um, uh, for a while. And when I came back, this developer guy phoned me up and he said, look, I've just bought this dog biscuit factory in Bermondsey. Dog biscuit? Dog biscuit. Spiller's Dog Biscuit Factory. Spiller's okay. Dog Biscuit. It's a glamorous world we live That's, in. I tell you what, you know. <laughs> and he, he bought this dog biscuit factory, which was about four acres next to a site he already owned in, in Bermondsey. And... Mm. Uh, he was waiting to get, at the time it was like, it was in Southwark, you know, the whole planning thing was very, very contentious. He was waiting to get planning permission to turn it into, you know, the yuppie dream of, you know, oh, yeah. 300 flats or whatever. But in the meantime, an art director, I think it was, I think it might have been Tony Common actually, had climbed the gates <laughs> and um, found out who owned it and said, we'd like to come and shoot a pop video there. You wow. Know? So um, he kind of had this idea, while I'm waiting to develop it, I'm going to run it as a film studio. Brilliant. So um, he asked me, he said, would you come and kind of, you know, 
help out, look after it, etc., etc. With so no I, other kind of experience of filming, it was just like a, more of a can no you other help? experience. That, that was definitely the estate agent, the maintenance guy. Like, wow. do you know what I mean? And, and that's yeah, yeah. What we, you know, it was a location. You know, so um, yeah. so I said I just come back. I can't remember if it was from Spain or New Zealand, and I was kind of doing nothing. And I said, yeah, and I, I worked with Andrew before. And I said, yeah, you know, I'll mm. come down and talk to you. And so effectively, kind of said to me like, I was basically what you know. The legend Mitch is doing now. Oh, well, a great below Mitch. You know, <laughs> you know? I don't think um, you can get bigger, bigger and bigger and better than Mitch at that. Yeah, you know, and so um, I was kind of, you know, um, uh, prepping, prepping the sites, you know, yep. um, cleaning the toilets, sweeping the stages, and and chucking people out at night, you know, because I was there from the start to the end, you know. Wow. And and there was another guy, um, who really nice guy, who was kind of the 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 studio manager, in mm. effect. But he was looking after the, the the space because he was brought in, he was a quantity surveyor, and he was brought in to kind of do it as the development as it was going forward. And the longer it stalled, it wasn't the right job for him because, mm. you know, we were doing... I mean, we, we the big thing that started is we did the first Highlander there. After wow. the promo, we did the first Highlander. And that was obviously, you know, that was there for eight months or whatever, yeah. you know? And then we came out of that, and um, it was around about the time when when I went back, um, when I, I joined, it was kind of uh, early 80s. So mm. it was a whole MTV thing, you know? Yeah. It was when pop vids were, you know, King. those directors would say they wouldn't get out work if it was less than a six-figure budget. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know? Um, and that's before the zeros, yeah? And before <laughs> the comma. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> So it went from like a very static, um, long-term job mm. to pop videos, you know, and, and pop videos at the time and MTV were the kind of the foundation of the film industry for a yeah. lot of us. You know, it's it's what brought a lot of us into it, you know, and they were mm. bang, 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 you know. Yeah. You're probably the kicking guy, them out at 5.55 and someone in at 6. And sometimes, I mean, I remember we did... Uh, uh, a couple of ACDC shoots with um, uh, and, and KISS shoots with Dave Mallet at MGMM and you know they just kind of looked round they just went round you know bang 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 you know sort of you know <laughs> one day to the next you know one yeah, bit man. to the next you know I think it was, you know it was five days and three vids and it was just you know they would wrap at two o'clock in the morning the construction crew would reset blah 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 so anyway the, the thing was that Richard um, was very sort of straight up and down, mm. you know, and we were moving from videos and he would be sending a letter out to producers saying, trying to negotiate by letter. You know, we still had letters in those days, you know, and stamps mm. and stuff, but, mm. you know, it wasn't the pace. The pace had changed and, and most of the production team didn't even know he existed because he was in a remote office and they, they thought I was managing it, you know, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, my boss said, look, would you would you manage the studios? Would you would you take it on? I said, well, look, you know, I don't want to step in anyone else's shoes. You know, the guy's got a job. I mean, you kind of, and he said, look, it's fine because he'll do what he's suited to do. It's not as if he's been going out, you know, I want you mm. to do it. I went, yeah, fine. And, you know, and. Well, you're and getting paid people. for what you were doing, you know. Exactly, exactly. So um, that's where, you know, um, it kind of started for me, wow. you know. Dog um, biscuit factory. Look at that. By accident, you know. Yeah. And you know, we were churning out those those bids, you know, bang, 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 you know. And, and and as I say, lots of people who are now, you know, people that have been on your 
podcast, you know, DOPs, et cetera, mm. et cetera, you know, all came through that, you know. Yeah, cut their teeth. You know. And um kind of How long did then, that last for? Um it lasted till uh ninety-two. Wow. Yeah? Um a little bit later actually, because and actually, fair stretch. That's a fair old chunk of it's time. A fair old stretch. And mm. actually, the last couple of years, um, what happened is a property company um, went bust. Okay. Because there was a whole Black Monday or Black Friday when everything went down, and mm. and um, I went into work one day and I got. Um, I was actually I'd already started Black Island. <laughs> Um, just before, and I got a call to say, "Look, we need to have a chat." And I went, "Oh, uh, okay." And I went to chat to the to 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 the FD, um, and he said, "Look, we're in shit creek, man." You know. Mm. And the next morning, these um, four uh, people carriers came in, and all these guys came out with black suits, white shirt and ties. You know, the administrators, oh, like Men in Black. So came, you know, it's... Men in Black. And they come, you know, they all went out of the way and they came up and talked to me and said, Look, you know, um, why are you going to do that? He said, Well, we're going to develop it. I said, Well, you know, the company, we are here filling a hole doing this, mm. what we do. The yeah. company's been trying to develop it for, you know, getting on for 10 years. You know, mm. it's not going to happen overnight. So anyway, basically I did a deal with them and the last three years I ran it. I did the, the company was Price Waterhouse Coopers, you know, big accounting firm. Wow, and I yeah. ran it kind of in partnership with them. I paid them a rent and stuff, but I'd already started Black Island with mm. Two guys I knew from uh, the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, my good pal Norman, who um, uh, was a sound engineer, and, and Richard, who unfortunately didn't stay with us for very long. Mm. But they came to me and they wanted to make a rehearsal studio. Okay. Yeah, at Black Island, but um, Black Island uh, being just before it was Black Island, the the electrical store. Before it was Black Island, Island the building oh, yeah. that the building later to be known as Black Island Studios. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there was nothing going on there. It was an empty building. And they wanted to take over what is now stage two and make it a rehearsal studio. And I said, look, guys. And they wanted me to feed work into it. And I said, look, guys, this ain't going to work. I said, because mm. it's all very well. You're going in there now. It's empty. What happens when the other two units get occupied, which is now stage one and stage three? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> you're going to have problems. I said, Let's... And what were they? And were they, were they just kind of up for rental as anything, as just places? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I had been looking, and they had been looking, so we got together and said, well, look, the only way this is going to work is if we take over the whole shoot match, you know? Yeah, and uh, and luckily at the time, and they said, oh, yeah, you know, I said, because also, you know, rehearsals are, are, are kind of very seasonal. You know, mm. you get the summer tours and you get the winter tours. It's not as if, you know, so um, luckily at the time, um, at, at Jacob Street, We'd been doing a program called London's Burning, mm-hmm. and um, Jacob been Street the, being the biscuit, the, the old biscuit factor, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd also been doing kind of simultaneously with that that work together. We'd been doing a program called Spit and Image, amazing, which has just come back. Which yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. And um, the producer on London's Burning um, started another show for LWT. I forget what it was called. It was called The Knock. So the schedules changed slightly. Okay. So they conflicted because the two would kind of follow each other in. Mm. And the guys at Spent Image were great. I said, look, I'm not going to be able to do your show this year, mm. um, but I may have somewhere to take you. 
mm. and the kind of um, uh, Roger Law and Joanna Beresford, who was the producer, and Derek Brown, who was the who, who was the designer, said, "Well, let's look at the space." So we went and looked at the space, and they said, "Well, if you can get it, we'll come." Amazing. So and now, I've, just I'm picturing it now. I'm kind of because obviously I only know Black Island to have Sykes Power. <laughs> you know tito you know that's that's my vision of black island but i'm guessing at this point there was no psych there was no nothing nothing. it was just an empty studio it was just an empty warehouse yeah there was nothing there was no grids there was nothing Uh, in fact the first job that came in before spitting image they they said yes and i went and we went and did the deal with 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 the the freeholders to say we'll take a lease on the building and you know Mm. and we kind of it was almost like one of those kind of back-to-backs, you know, like mm. sign the contract with Spitting Image and sign the contract with the landlord, you know, where <laughs> came first, you know what I mean? Um, you know, like um, cowboy stuff, eh? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and yeah, going to what you say, there was nothing there. The, the first um, the first job we did in Black Island was um, a promo before Spitting Image came in, mm. you know, because obviously they had their schedule, but um, it was a promo for Ozzy Osbourne on stage one. Rock and roll. And rock and roll, baby. And uh, the designer came in, a character I'd worked with for years, Bryce Wormsley. Mm. And um, I was up in the roof with Mitch and another good friend. And we were knocking out. So Mitch out. was there from the beginning? Mitch was with, with us at Black Island. He didn't work for us at Black Island, but he mm. was part of kind of, you know, stuff going on there. He was with a, um, uh, a construction company. That, and, and when we moved, mm. uh, Mitch... I think at the time Mitch was actually just helping us. You know, okay. he wasn't part of the he wasn't part of the Black Island team. He was there, no, no. and we were up in the roof mm. taking out the um, the um, uh, the insulation that was there to make it higher and cutting out the steels. Wow. And Bryce came in and he said, "Darling, darling, you will promise me it will be ready, don't you?" <laughs> so that yeah, so that was the first job. So yeah, we just kind of went for it. Spent Image were there for a while and they took over um, a couple of stages and then eventually um, I had to say, look, we kind of need to move on because the whole thing about Black Island, apart from, it wasn't a case of substituting it for Jacob Street. Mm. It was a case of, we'd gone from the promos, they'd kind of started and we'd gone into doing, um, Film 4 came along then, who was sponsoring a lot of British made films, you know, like, um, who were great for the industry then, you know, we did mm. things like prick up your ears, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was kind of not really my scene, you know, because mm. for, a, for a studio manager, you're kind of involved at the, at the start, you're involved at the end, you're involved a bit at the beginning, but when something's kind of long running, you're mm. kind of not really there right. anymore, you know, and yeah. it was kind of not floating my boat. And also, at the time, ironic now that, you know, that East London is quite a hotbed mm. for film, certainly yeah, for yeah. crew and stuff. But commercials didn't want to come south of the river, you know. Um, yeah. It was like, because all the, all the facilities, houses, you know, mm. Panavision, ARI, AFM as was, they were all West London, you know, because, mm. and they felt that if they came, you know, it might be that they didn't like me either, but they certainly they felt that if they came to South <laughs> London getting replacement lenses or whatever was too much you know so I was actively looking for somewhere in West London because I wanted to get the commercials because I felt commercials was where it was at you know what I mean short Um, turnarounds you know and that's fairly regular so 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 as I say, you know, kiss them in, kiss them goodbye. You know, mm, and, yeah, yeah. and don't have to put up with them for months. You know. And I guess um, actually, I've so only just really thought yeah, about it well, that you well, kind of moving in because you said about Channel Four that, and it only just it only just struck me that obviously at some point there was only you know one channel then there was two channels then it was three channels but those first bbcs there probably wasn't any need for commercials and it was only maybe the start of the channel four era that commercials started to become a much bigger thing yeah but also channel four um i'm not that old no but what i'm saying is, is in from a no but from a yeah. from a kind of history perspective like for me i'm like commercials have always been around but actually yeah, yeah, yeah. for you there probably wasn't much need for commercials yeah but oh but no there was um obviously itv long predated but okay. what, what what made the difference is channel four set up a, a film commissioning thing called film four mm. where they actually you know, we're putting money into in, into film, you know, like yeah. working title, did a lot of stuff through film for, you know, so it's, mm. it, it was kind of like a, if you like a, um, a strand, you know, you still get, you know, um, films on, on channel four, but they, mm. they, they, they became commissioners. if you like for independent or British films, you know, so it yeah, was yeah, a, yeah. It, it was a new strand that came on. Nice. So yeah. Uh, and, and that's so, you know, and I went to the commercial studio and, and, and that's so we, we, we kind of came to, to Black Island. Yeah. Wow. And that yeah. and that process of starting what for me is now a second home. Quick start, you know, it sounded like Spit and Image came in. What's the process then up to them be, becoming a six stage, you know, studio in the in in West London? Is it a long process? It it feels like you you were very much a step ahead of most things um, and just kind of gone with it. I, I, I think it was a very easy process because the reality is, you know, when when I started or Norman Richard and I started Black Island, you know, we, we moved away from that very, very quickly. We moved away from that kind of we're going to do rehearsals, although we still do did do rehearsals, you know. And, yeah, and yeah. Um, But the thing was, my idea was if we're going to do this, we're going to the right place because we're right in West London, you know, it's, Brilliant transport links. You, you as an AD know that you know have yeah. the tube station just there for your for your 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 you know your 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 extras is get is great. Yeah, yeah. And um, I kind of wanted to you know spitting image were great and fantastic and I love them deeply because they gave me the confidence, gave us the confidence and the opportunity to open it up with a solid baseline of income. You know, mm. but the whole idea was Black Island was going to be you know and there were other studios catering. For commercials around obviously mm. but the idea was black island was going to be home to commercials you know mm. you know and all the time i was there i resisted doing long form stuff you know because the, the thing is you kind of do long form stuff you'll know as a crew member you know you you then kind of um do something for three months mm. And when they leave, you're then out of the cycle and you've got a hiatus where you've got to pick up that trend again. Mm. And also, you know, over the years, um, I'd kind of heard, you know, that people look, you know, Pinewood and Shepparton, you know, I'm, I'm doing a metaphysical bow down to them, you know, fantastic, <laughs> great for the industry. That was actually a physical bow. Your hands went up. You can't... Yeah, but the, <laughs> the guys listen to this, if anyone listens to this, can't see it. Do you know what I'm saying? I hear you. you know? You know, but you know they were very much um, the commercials were welcome, but they were welcome when they had the space. Yes, you know, Mm. and also 
there was a management infrastructure at Pinewood and Shepparton that wasn't as reactive to commercials mm. as we could be. So yeah. my whole thing about it was we're going to be the home of commercials. Nice. Yeah. So I guess, you know, setting your stall out like that mm. kind of made it made it much easier to get up and running quickly, you know. Mm. Um and and as also I guess, you know, a timing's a great thing, you know. I guess there was also you know, around about then when we started, there was new players coming in, you know, new commercials companies coming out, you know, so it, it's kind of, we were kind of growing with them, you know, and having, in effect, a space dedicated to commercials made it easy to hit the ground pretty quickly, you know? Yeah. And I guess all those yeah. those people that you, you know, it's like, it, it becomes like a very quick, it might, yeah, it feels like it would have been a quick kind of word of mouth thing that you suddenly go, we're looking to do a commercial. All right, well, look, we went there last week. They're great. Let's go back there. That And that Absolutely. kind of epitomizes also the industry is for crew members. You know? Absolutely. That, that crew thing, you know, I mean, you know, to be honest, Black Island, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm an old geezer, so I didn't really understand it. But <laughs> Black Island has never really done any marketing, no. you know. Because it's exactly that, you know, it's it's a freelance industry. Mm. And if you work with a production manager um, or a PA and they come there and they do a commercial and they're happy, they then go to another production company. Mm. And when the producer says, book a stage, they're going to say, oh, well, yeah, um, we shot a Black Island a couple of weeks ago. Let's see. Do you know what I mean? So uh, yeah. what you're doing is you're kind of sending you know, unconsciously, mm. you're sending your kind of advocates and your ambassadors out there. You know, you do right by them, yeah. and they're going to kind of, you know, come back, you know? Yeah. And and the whole thing was, the whole thing is, you know, because I think that, you know, Mark Dunn and Mitch and I are still doing it. You know, it's very important for a studio to look after everyone mm. as much as you can. You know, if you start with the art department and construction, you then get the... the, the the sparks coming into pre-light to the shooting crew to the to 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 to, 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 to with production to the art department striking again our job is to try and make everyone's life as easy as possible you know and try to look after them because you know all up the scale you know when a producer talks to a designer you know if if the designer talks to his construction manager if if his crew are whinging about going somewhere you know, I'm not saying they won't do it, mm. but, you know, if you're up against another stage, if the crew are not happy to go there because, you know, you know they have to wait outside for someone to open the doors or, you know, wh whatever, you know, then that's all taken in the balance, you know. Mm. And, you know, and as we were talking before um, we, we started doing this, you know, the, the crew and the industry is a very flexible and dynamic thing, so they can go anywhere, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you're not going to go to a stage that's a thousand square feet when you need a ten thousand one. No. But you know, as I say, all things being equal, then then we'll do that. You know, so I think you know part of it. You know, and it goes to silly little things. You know, um, you know, we've always made a point of you know the guys get there early. You know, the first thing you do is they switch the lights on the stage, switch the heaters, and they put the kettles on. So the construction guys can come in, have a cup of tea before they start work. You know, yeah. if there's cold for 
half seven need to go looking at them down at Jerry's Cafe because they're sat on the stage, you know, and ready to go, do you know? Yeah, yeah. So all those little things are kind of, you know, I mean, make a difference, I guess, you know? You try Definitely. and keep everyone happy to the best of your ability and make life as simple as possible to the best of your ability, yeah, yeah. you know? Well, it's, it works for me as well because second ADs normally tend to get a, an early call, so you kind of want to make sure, get there, get your, you know, your wardrobe, makeup, rooms warm, get the heaters on, get the lights on, you turn up, it's already done. Uh, all right, perfect. <laughs> I'll stay in here. <laughs> now, yeah, I kind of want to, I, mean, I, 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 I and, and the one thing that I've always wanted to, and it's always interested me, was you've kind of, it seems like your background wasn't film at all. You know, you didn't go to film school. I don't know, I don't know your family history and I don't know if anyone's in it, but you kind of, you got kind of thrown into this environment that was alien to you which probably have a lot of similarities with other industries. But did you ever kind of think, you know, you walk onto a film set and you go, I, I think I'd quite like to be a, an AD or a gaffer or an art department. Did that ever cross your mind to be, to, to kind of go from office to film crew? Or was it just something that you were like, I'll leave it to them. This is what I do. This is what I'm good at. Um, yeah, I can't say that sometimes I didn't think about that, you know, because as I say, I really like, you know, the crew ethos do you know um and you know people who know me um know that i'm a bit of a no socialist and a romantic at heart do you know what i mean yeah yeah coffee um (laughs) and and you know the film industry you know i mean let's not put rose tinted glasses you know there's Mm. kind of privilege and and what have you in it and and everything you know yeah but generally it's 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 a socialist industry with you know with the right intentions you know every part of that crew counts mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know whether it's the stagehand sweeping up between shots you know to 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 the dop you know uh, lightness but everyone has their moment you know one of the mm-hmm. things that as i say i didn't talk properly much to people outside the the industry but w- w- one of the things if they found out that comes out of your film crews, you know, there's so many people on a film set. I said, mm. yeah, but, you know, when it comes to, you know, whether it be sort of, you know, half past eight at night or, or, or two o'clock in the morning and someone needs to go up there and move that light, mm. you need that rigger to be there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, you know, it's, they're all there to fill the purpose. And again, going back to what you said, you know, a film crew is a dynamic, especially in commercials, you know, like obviously in feature films, but even in feature films, obviously things go change. But, you know, quite often in, in, in commercials, it's it's much more dynamic and things will change, you know. So you need those people to be there because if they're not there, you ain't going to get that shot, baby. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's, and, I, and it's interesting that we do, I guess as a film crew, it is very kind of hierarchical. But actually, you're right that, you know, a, a film set without runners probably yeah. isn't going to work efficiently because no matter how, like for me, having been a runner for, for a few years, you kind of realise actually if it's done right being a runner, you are, you know, you can get that tea to that sound man that hasn't been able to leave his desk or the video up or the director or, the, you know, you're kind of handing your first idea a glass of water because, you know, they haven't drunk. And especially in, in these times where you're wearing masks for, 14 hour days and you're right it is it's it's kind of that whole family and this is what i'm loving about the podcast is that everyone's got that same the same story the same ethos it's kind of you know i worked hard but i got lucky and i took my opportunities and i 
tr and I tried to treat everyone fairly. Look, there's always going to be a few people that it gets to them and the ego and the power and the thing, you know, and it becomes, but actually that mentality seems to be lessening. So, and DPs and directors who were the top of the pyramid seem, you know, it's like they treat you with respect, which is lovely. Absolutely. As well. I mean, you know, okay, look, it might be an element of feigned respect, mm. but it's kind of still there and people's, people's jobs and their roles are valued. You know, I mean, you know, again, you know, it's one of the benefits of being in a freelance industry, you know, and, and there's some of them slip through the net and we know that there's some slip through the net, yep. but generally assholes get removed because if you're an asshole, you're not going to get your next job, are you? Completely. Do you know what I mean? No one wants to work with you. I'm allowed to say asshole. Of course you, can. Of course you, you just said it four times. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to go again. Um, you know, and it's, and it's interesting what you say about runners as well, you know, because, yeah, they're the kind of glue that, 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 that makes it. But also, you know, running is like the film industry's equivalent of a foundation course in art, isn't it? Yeah, you know? it's your apprenticeship. Because, yeah. I mean, and there are moves, you know, to, to, to get apprentices in. I know that, you know, the... the, 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 the um, the, um, the 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 equipment companies, the camera companies, the lighting companies. It's been short circuited a bit, if you'll pardon the expression, by COVID. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they are talking about doing apprenticeship schemes to bring people in. But right. on the set, the runner's job is that foundation course, isn't yeah. it? Because Completely. you know those those guys that come in, those guys and girls that come in, it gives them the opportunity. As I've heard other people in your podcast say, it gives them the opportunity of saying, look. I want to get in here and whether they've been through film school or whether they come in off the street, you know, because they know someone or whatever, they can look round and say, you know, yeah, I like what Tony Crouch does, you know, I'd like to do that. Or I like, I like what, you know, um, the DLP is doing that. Maybe they might say, right, okay, I've, I know that this works for me and it might go off and do a film course, but it mm. gives them the opportunity to observe, to learn and to decide where they're going to take it, you know? Mm. And again, you know, to, to my guys or my people that were, you know, and the nice thing about it, sorry, I kind of keep interrupting myself. The nice thing about it is that if you've got the aptitude, the ambition mm. and the willingness, you can move really quickly in this industry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. You know, especially now, especially now where there's an element where filmmaking has become a little bit more guerrilla. You know, if you're looking, if you're creative, you can go out, you know, Content and, shoot, content and, and the new promos, yeah. and you know, and, and then it can be picked up, you know, mm. and you know, and and one of my little kind of pet pet sayings, you know, I'll forget, I'll leave that for later. I've always said to my guys, I said, you know, treat everyone the same and treat the runners with respect because yeah. you don't know. A, they're important to you because mm. just the same as they're important to you as an AD or an AD department, they're important to us as studio and stage managers because often they're our link in with everything you know and, yeah, yeah. and also from from that point of view you know we've seen runners you know the runners you know one week and they disappear you know and 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 six months later the director do you know yeah. what i mean yeah, yeah. you know it, it can go like that you know mm. um so yeah you know it's it's i think it's you know Treat your runners well, you know. They're yeah. not just there also, to be thrown, they're not just there to be thrown in fire if it's no, cold. Completely, but also it's a good lesson for runners that actually they are 
the link and i hadn't really kind of thought about it much but they are the link between the production team the shooting crew and the studio hand yeah and it's like you know you kind of you all want to get things done quickly and you all want but they are the face of the production you know if you're going up to the chef and you're saying look we're going to be 15 minutes late you know it's it's those those kind of relationships that you're kind of yeah. being able to build um the ability to tell people succinct messages at the time that's you know it's, it's kind of it's giving them a bit of a life lessons as well i think because yeah, you're no, talking to you know it's uh, look, I'm, i can't wax lyrical enough about running that it's yeah. it's something that gave me it's given me a complete and our industry i'm not i'm not suggesting it's for everyone but um yeah. but yeah I, I i i agree with you i think they are the yeah. blue yeah you know and and you know i mean over you know over the recent years they've been recognized more and they're getting a, a fairer deal and yes. i think that's important you know yeah, because yeah. you know it was there was there was situations where you know they were getting you know a flat rate and and you know they're the first in and the last out often yeah. you know you know what i mean yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. it's good that you know it's it's recognized if you like more as a, a bona fide position you know and not just yeah, yeah. agreed you know what i'm going to say yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll leave yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. i guess you were gonna you were just about to gonna give us a little saying of yours and then you stopped yourself but i'd love to know what it was you were gonna say because you said i'll say it later but what were you gonna it was like do you, can you remember or have I just thrown it No, no, I, I can't remember. Uh, my, my kind of thing um, is, you know, at the end of the day, as a studio manager, you're running a business and your job is to get the stages full, you know. Yes. But I kind of, I've always believed in self-serving altruism, mm. you know, which maybe comes from my kind of Italian roots because, you know, Don Corleone had the same thing, you know, you do yeah, someone yeah. a favour and you call that favour in later, you know, <laughs> not quite as bad as that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you do something for someone mm. and somewhere along the line, you know, yeah. they're going to, you help someone out and somewhere along the line, they're going to help you back, you know. I mean, you know, we, all through, all through my period as, you know, as a studio manager, you know, I've always responded to people that come up and say to me, look, we're shooting a little film, can we get a stage, you know? Mm. And, yeah, you know, half the time, you're never going to see that again, you know, yeah. they're going to go on and, you you know, and, but then sometimes they'll, you know, they'll become a DOP or they'll become a director and, you know, I've seen mm. those, you know, and it's, mm. and it's also, I think we've got a, a duty, you know, on all crew grades and as facilities companies to enable people to come through, you know? Great. You know, for too long, our industry was quite a closed industry, you know, and I think, you know, helping people up the ladder and opening up is, is very, very important. I say. And, and, and hopefully, if you don't get a real benefit down the line, at least you'll get a bit of karma, you know. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Well, that's, there's yeah. a real push. I guess there's a real push to just get people from as many diverse industries uh, sorry not industries diverse backgrounds into the industry because i kind of and it happened to me and it's just you know it's just how our country and our industry is that it was you know a very specific type of person yeah um that i was kind of talking to which is uh, uh, you know uh, across the crew you kind of look around and you and you do see a, a lot of the same faces um and i just yeah. think that that kind of that other backgrounds new voices can only be a good thing of, you know further down the line for 
different ideas from different backgrounds to you know me being having spanish heritage and spanish background my culture um has got a different way of looking at things than someone from scotland someone from uganda someone from you know south america and and it can only benefit us as a creative industry to have all of those different ideas kind of being thrown in so it can well hopefully it can only be a good thing well, I, I totally agree, and 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 you know, and and it goes beyond benefit. I think you know, as an industry, as a society, it's our duty to try and be as open as possible, isn't it? You know, yeah, there's some, you know, Paul McLuhan with just runners is trying to do that. You know, yeah. he's trying, to, he's been push. I know he's been pushing that for a while. You know, and you know, and it's not right that you look on a film set, you know, and it. It, it 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 appears to be just one social economic and you know and and dare I say demographic also, you know yeah, yeah. racial um, yeah, yeah. configuration do you know for one mm-hmm. of do you know what I mean and yeah, you know and it it is it is we are getting it yeah, you know but slowly. you know and, and I think the important thing is the will is there to do it you know you can't press a button and make it happen overnight but right. it is happening mm. you know. And, and I think that's, I think that's, that's good and, and, you know, and, and, and important. Yeah. And are you, are you looking, I guess, kind of being just slightly out of the, out, like having removed, because you said, you know, you've kind of stepped away a bit, but is it tough that, you know, do you just kind of feel like you still want to be delving into it full time? Are you kind of, are you, are you enjoying what you're doing and where, where are you at, sir? What's, what's, what's the, what's um, the Steve Gaducci doing nowadays? I mean, I'll tell you the truth, and this is not because, um, you know, I love the guys I work with, you know, because p- p- the other part of the story is, is uh, I started Black Alley with my two partners, and then we got involved with AFM, mm-hmm. and then we got involved with Panavision, you know, there was takeovers and sales and, and what have you, and, mm-hmm. and towards the end of my working time with Panavision, what happened was that uh, I found myself doing more and more back office stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Looking in, you know, which was great. You know, I mean, they had the confidence in me to give me those jobs, etc. But my heart was really on the end of a phone in the studio, mm. talking to you, talking to you know, talking to production managers, talking to PAs, and I, yeah. I kind of found myself. I guess it's going back into that loop that I flashed up early on. You know, mm. I loved promos, I loved commercials because it was immediate, it was reactive. I didn't like feature films as much, you know. Yeah. And you know, hey, don't get me wrong, you know, AFM and Panavision were really good to me, and you know, I I love them all to bits. But my role changed, you know, whereas. Mm. You know, at one point, I was a hundred percent studio, mm-hmm. and then, as you said, cleaning the floors, people, painting the stage. You know, you were exactly. there, exactly. And the, even the even, even at Black Island, you know, I was behind it, and people would would phone me up and they say, "Oh, you know, um, uh, we didn't expect you to get you, you know, answering the phone, you know, on a pencil inquiry." I said, "Well, at the end of the day, if those pencils don't come in, mm. <laughs> we ain't got a business, you know." Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, that's that's the most important thing, you know, talk, talking talking to people and you know and and you know the whole pencil system liaison with producers with PAs you know and and just keep that information flowing about what's happening with the job so I guess what I, where I'm going I, God I talk a lot don't I where <laughs> Love I'm going it. is that um, the focus of my job changed from being a hundred percent studio to being sort of and, and being on the front line for want of a better word mm. to being back office mm. 
and that kind of wasn't, you know, it felt as if I was slowly putting a collar and tie on and maybe even slipping on a suit, you know, metaphorically. You're getting you know? close. You were getting <laughs> close to being that guy with the briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that kind of, you know, and as I say, I loved it to bits and, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and thank you to, to FM Panovich and having a trust in me, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. And that's where I said, do you know what? Enough. Mm. You know, and, and if I had still been behind the phone, behind my desk up at Duke's Island, taking pencil, I'd probably still be there. Yeah. You know? And you were not, it's Auntie Pauline. And I guess the first time Auntie I heard Pauline. about you, you and Pauline, and someone was like, oh, yeah, yeah, just get on the call to Auntie Pauline. That kind of, <laughs> that, <laughs> but it was, no, but it kind of summarised the, the feel of of Black Island. You know, it's like Stephen Auntie Pauline. And I'm like, who's not, I thought it was, your, at first I was like, why's he bringing his auntie to work? Like, I don't know who's auntie, like who? Auntie Pauline and granddad, Steve G. (laughs) 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 Like you get a Christmas card from, yeah, grandpa and auntie Pauline. How did that, how did that get? I was just going to ask about how she came in and what that kind of relationship and um, how did that, that grow? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pauline was really interesting, you know, Um, it's really interesting. She actually went for AFM. Okay. Yeah, and she was like a, an account handler for AFM. And mm-hmm. when um, I sold Black Island to AFM back mm-hmm. in whenever it was, um, I was looking around for someone, and um, Pauline was suggested, and it was really interesting because it describes, I guess, it describes, um, you know, what's good about um, what's good about running a studio and being, a, you know, being 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 a studio manager, a studio, you know, is is that you become more. Pauline had worked for AFM. Her 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 family had a lighting business, Fenner Lighting. Okay. And and um, you know, as these things go, things move on, and she ended up working for AFM as an account handler, looking after a lot of the top gaffers and what have you. Mm-hmm. But I think there was just a, a kind of point that. Um, I was looking for someone to help me in the office as we were growing because when when I sold out to AFM, that's when we took on stage five as well, stage five and six. Okay. So I was expanding, you know. So when when we when we bats was this? This was. 90s, I guess that was about two thousand. I think about two thousand. Okay. You 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 can't push me as you've got. I'm an old man. I'm getting a bit senile, <laughs> so I'm not good with dates. Uh, I'd like to much. see an exact date um, and time of the contract, please. <laughs> <laughs> timeline, timeline, yeah, timeline. Time. Yeah, so it, it was about then. So we we kind of expanded into stage five and six. Actually, it was probably a little bit before that because then we took on Duke's Island Studios as well, which was okay. you know. Um, uh, Richard Gamble and and and, and Mick Willard had, had set that up really and and you know a great studio so we took that on and I needed more people and initially Pauline was a bit reticent you know she loved her spark she loved her gaffer she'd grown up in the industry and she didn't she kind of wasn't you know and she thought oh I'm getting shunted around here so we went and had a bit of lunch or dinner or something I talked to her I said look you know come over you you will like and Glamour took her round and she came over. And, you know, she'd gone from, like, talking to people, but, you know, an account handler's job in a lighting company, especially one as busy as AFM, where it's, it's kind of hard work. You know, you're there, you bang, bang, bang. And she kind of knew all these people's names, you know. Mm-hmm. Not so much as Sparks and the Gaffers, because obviously they would go in, but the production people, she, she knew all these people's names, but she'd never met them. Yeah. You know, and, and all of a sudden, she'd come over to the studios and she kind of lapped it up because, you know, all of a sudden these names that, you know, were only names would come up in the office and sit down and have a cup of tea, you know, have a, you know, have a coffee and have a chat, you know, because 
it's you know when the shoot's going on mm. you know production manager you know is still busy but they've got a little bit more time so all of a sudden it's become a much you know running a studio is a bit much more a social interaction you know because yes. you're there you know yeah. one of the things that I kind of love doing on the same extent is you know my, my routine before I became started putting on half a suit was you know top in, half or bottom half I still <laughs> let's leave it there okay yeah. um, you know my, my thing was you know in the morning I, I, I'm, I'm an early morning person so I'd be down there in the morning you know sort mm. of seven o'clock or whatever and see people coming in have a little chat you know find out what's going on you know and then go up to the office later and then at the same at night time i'd always go down and have a trip around the stage you know send a flight case and have a bit of a gas with someone you know just nice. you know so it is it is you're meeting the people you're working with you know whereas yeah. you know in, in, in okay i mean account handlers getting out but a lot of them certainly an, an afm was very high pressure then because they were that time they were doing practically all the commercials out there do you mm. know what i mean wow um it was it was um, it was a different environment. So she she really took to it like a duck to duck to water. And of course, you know, Pauline's got the same. Some might call it affliction. Some might call it a, a, a you know a, an advantage that same as me. She can gab, you know. Nice. She can talk, you know. Yeah, it's a gift. Um, it's and, a gift. And, and and she's a warm person and she cares about people, you know. So she kind yeah. of you know it's you know it's you try and look after people the best you can. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm talking about producers and production managers, you know, it's just, yeah, and yeah. one of the things that I think most people will say about us and Pauline's still doing it now is that, you know, and, and this goes back to being, making it for commercials, you know, you know, we're always available. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, I was always available 24 seven, you know, so, you know, I'd get, I'd get calls on a on, on, on a Sunday afternoon sometimes, yeah. you know, and it it might studio even, shooting. They need to they need to chat to yeah, someone, or even you know? or even checking, you know, like a budget. Or sometimes I'd even get calls from you know from 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 people in other studios who knew with security and say, look, we're, we we've run out of paint. Can we come and borrow some paint from you? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, nice. it's just you know you've got to be committed to it, you know, because it's it's a twenty four seven industry. So you yeah. kind of, you know, and that's going back to what we're saying, some other studios that were maybe more into the long form, you know, it's kind of like they kind of worked office hours, you know, and you can't mm. do that. You need to be available. You know, it's yeah. maybe it's a bad thing because it, it but you know, it's 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 a reactive industry that was, mm. you know, also as well as a proactive. So you've got to react. And that that's that that's that's what makes a connection. I've had jobs where, you know, over the years where literally people have said, oh, we tried to phone up somewhere else, but no one was picking up the phone, you know, because wow. yeah. it might be a Saturday and they've had a blowout somewhere, you know, they've had a location that's blown out and they yeah. phone you up and say, look, we've blown out this. And, you know, I'm not making this up just for, the, you know, we've had a location that's blown out and have you got a stage for us on Monday? You know, mm. and we go, yeah, you know, because you, you're on top of it, you know, you know, you know, you carry that booking diary in your head. Yeah, and say, yeah I can put you yeah, in yeah. stage three, or I can put you in stage two, or I can put you in white jukes. You know, mm. and you know, it's and people don't forget that. You know, they know that you know that you're there for them when they need it. Do you know what mm. I mean? You know, yeah. and it's it, yeah. I love it, and yeah. I guess you kind of. It sounds like you started, and from the chat that I'm getting, you kind of found people who had feel like they've got a very similar work ethic and mindset. It's like you, Pauline, Mitch, 
creating this thing and that kind of family environment which we have on set it felt like you kind of created it offset and i don't know where i'm going it's not i don't even feel like a question well, but it kind of it feels like that's what the environment you kind of get and as you said it's like you turn up to some stages you're fine with your shit other ones and you're just like there's a security go over there don't you know and yeah. don't even speak to the stage hands mr garcia if i can put into words what you're trying to articulate <laughs> Please do. Take over. The floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think for the period of that commercial, you know, and and I you know, my my thing has always been once once the production is on the stage, that's their stage. They've paid for it and that's their home, you know, and I'll often ask permission to go on the stage because, you know, I wouldn't come into your hotel room without knocking. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. I like to think for the period of that shoot, you know, from 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 pencil to strike, our little team at the islands is part of the crew. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're not we're not the creative part of the crew, we're maybe sort of secondary, but we're part of the crew. You know, we're there to to you know to help out the best we can, you know, and and you know, and you know, we all tout it around, you know, we're part of the film fan. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Film you family. Know? Film family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess we're we're kind of Zoom saying we've been on the chat for an hour. Really? And I know you talk too much, man. I know. I'm so sorry. I haven't I've even let, stuff I haven't here let you get a word in it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I should have shut up more. I should have said. <laughs> but I don't like. That's not me saying we need to stop. But I guess if there's like you know towards the end of the episode, there's the two questions. But I don't feel like I'm. It feels like we're still. It doesn't feel like I'm at the end of the app yet. And I don't want it to, you know, and the thing is, is that this is as much as it's kind of waxing lyrical at Black Island, there's more about, it's not, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's an advert for, for us as a, as an industry for, you know, it's your episode of, of you as a person. And I guess it also is just, it just shows how we as, and this is not like a short form versus long form, because I've never really been on long form, but the whole, the whole, the podcast the atmosphere on set, it is a family and everyone creating that family environment from top down, from studio to wherever. I think that's what you're kind of, this is what I'm getting from you. It's like, you, you've never, it's not that you've been a crew member, so you know the crew, but actually you don't need to have been a crew member to realize that, and we spoke about offline, it's, you know, people outside of our industry. If you asked, if we had a commercial for a car company and they're like we need to get a technocrane at the top of mount everest most you know kate in accounts for god knows where i don't know why kate i don't know but they go impossible whereas us as film crew we go yeah no problem yeah and we figure out the solutions and i guess that's my and it's not even a question i'm still not i can't i haven't even asked a question but that that mentality that that's what i'm getting from there and i don't yeah. know you know, I, yeah. again, I'm rambling, but it feels you know, like this no, is the No, start. no, no, no. Listen, listen. I'm, we're we're kind of there. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I get what I get. What you're saying. You know, you know the and and I guess that's maybe even the difference. You know, and and you know, I I, I do know crew. We do know crew. We've grown up with them. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. I've grown up faster than a lot of them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in terms of in terms of years. But there's also a satisfaction. You know, um, for me, and I think generally. Um, you know, that on a commercial, um, you can come in at the start of the day or the start of the week. And, you know, and I'm a bit of a 
sucker for for the art department because I guess that's my background. I, I like seeing them walk into an empty stage, you know, and you know, a day later, a week later, there's this fantastic set that then mm. the rest of the crew come in and do their work on, you know. Yeah. Um, but I guess there's also the satisfaction that you know, um, especially now where you know you've got your dit and you've got your you you know your your, your screens that you can actually see what 50, 70 people, you can actually see what you've done. Yeah. You know, it's okay. I, I know it, it might go three months into post-production or whatever, but you know that you've completed something. You know, you've walked in that morning, you know, the set's ready, the gaffer and DOP have put the lights, the director's kind of like, you know, the, the ADs and the directors have done their thing, the actors have moved on, and hey, you can see it. We've mm. done that today, do you know? Mm. And there's a satisfaction to that. And there's also that satisfaction, you know, which we can, we've played a part in on, on stuff. You know, I've had, I've had situations, for example, where, you know, there's a, an art direct, you know, on, on, on a small scale where there's been a, a bus turned up that was going to go in stage two and it never got through the doors, you know, and you say, like, what can we do? And I think, I know what we can do. We can take it around a loading bay stage five, get some drapes about and we'll shoot it there, you know, because it's, nice. It doesn't yeah. really need to be. You, you come here because we've got the power. We understand what you want to do, and you wanted yeah. to get light in it. But you know, if everyone works together, we can make this happen. You know, mm -hmm. rather than going, oh, what we're going to do. You know, yeah, yeah. so that kind of dynamic ability that a film crew brings, you know, um, is is kind of it's kind of admirable and it's fun. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know we're a business, but you know, as I said at the start, I'd rather have spent however many years I have in this industry than worked in a fucking bank. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I get, have you, have you kind of worked, did you kind of go and touch base in America? Have you been to other places or have you just, is it been UK? So, you know, did you go and try out as, or go and see studios in LA? Did you, you know, what was that no, creation no, no, period no, no, like? Only, only, only as, uh, only as, as a business. I mean, obviously did a bit of work down in South Africa where, where the yep. company's got, you know, and, yep. um, you know, that was, um, quite exciting. I mean, mixed feelings about South Africa, obviously, for obvious reasons, because even now, you know, you can, you can see what what had gone on there, you know, even, you know, from mm. drive to the airport to Cape Town, you know, you're kind of yeah. going through, you know, but um, yeah, no, but essentially, you know, I've got a Scottish accent, but I'm a London boy. That's you it, know? you're a London boy. And yeah. I guess, so what, you know, you said you got a load of, there was a few bits that we haven't touched base on. Is there anything that that, that next generation that you want to pass on that you want to have a chat about what what have you got on your list of things that i haven't asked that because obviously i'm going to do the advice for younger self and then your shout outs at the end but did you have you know i guess there's like the lightning bolt you know we've got it feels like we've gone through the route but is there anything there that i've is that like something chunky there that i've 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 missed no i don't think so i, I mean i just think i just think you know if 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 you know, if I was to dare to speak to the younger generation, I just think, you know, look for the opportunities. The opportunities are there, but you've got to look for them. And, you know, you've got to take the, the chance when you see that opportunity. You know, I mean, you know, to me, to me, life is like a motorway. Yeah, You're kind of going down a route which to some extent is preordained because it's going to take you from London to Bristol, you know, or, yeah. or London to Manchester oh, yeah. but they're metaphorically slip, beginning to end you know metaphorically beginning to end but yeah. along the road there's slip roads you know and that's those slip roads potentially if you see them 
soon enough and recognize them we can present opportunities so be aware of that take them you know and and you know my overriding thing as well is just whatever you're doing you know respect people you know nice yeah i guess that that first you know obviously touching base on the respect people it kind of goes back to what we said about the running and and you know if you're you know for 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 want of a better phrase, you're kind of bottom of the barrel as a runner, for metaphorically. But that respect throughout the the crew, I think, is 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 almost in, in, is so important and integral. And that that opportunity, you know, you mentioning about slip roads and motorways and and taking the opportunity. I think most people listening to this very very easily would or, or very quickly would kind of go, I totally get what you're saying because you kind of go, you started off outside the industry working for someone. They saw an opportunity to make a film studio. You saw an opportunity to do something else. You saw an opportunity, you know, it's that, it's those opportunities. And I guess it's the, the, the trust in your instincts. You know, you're not, you, you, you didn't grow up in film. You weren't the son of a gaffer and surrounded by, yeah. it was like you were the, you kind of took any opportunities that you could to get to the places that you were. And look, I don't know, we, we won't ever delve into the whole backstory, but there's probably opportunities that, came your way that you said no to that you've gone fuck i wish i had there was probably some that came along that you went i wish i hadn't but i guess that's the that's the whole the the roadmap of sorts of life you know yeah yeah no absolutely yeah you know it's it's i mean yeah totally you know it's it's you've got to keep your wits about you've got to be aware and you know and don't be afraid to take you know i mean i was in a job you know um at Jacob Street um, and you know I started Black Island because I wanted to kind of further you know I, 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 I chanced into this industry I liked it and I wanted yeah. to kind of secure my future in it do nice. you know what I mean yeah, you know? yeah. so I, I, I took that opportunity you know and uh, you know it just so happened that it was at a time that property was you know in a bit of a doldrum uh, because in reality, and I guess that's what I mean, be aware, because in reality, if we'd probably been a year earlier or a year later, the guys that, that own Black Island wouldn't have leased it to us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We just, it was the right moment, the right time, and just, mm. you know, just keep keep scanning, you know, keep scanning and just look for it, you know. And I think that goes to whether you're on the set and you want to step up, you know, listen to people, you know respect them take their advice look for the opportunity and be brave and go for it you know oh great like this beautiful i love it amazing and um, you're right you know there's a lot of new runners that are going to come in that don't have the one the experience to have the confidence but actually part of the industry is just having that kind of slightly soft crust of of, of confidence on the outside that then the inside gets stronger do you know what i mean yeah. so that yeah, 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 you yeah, know yeah. it's like yeah. go on have fun have respect beautiful an amazing yeah. app i think it's it's been brilliant amazing Good. so Good. i guess we get to this point and i kind of i always love especially with the man of your experience and I know that you're not a big talker, so I'm sorry that I've had to talk so much and interject, but this is your moment that I give to you. I don't say, I don't say anything. What would you now being where you are? And, and I always, and I always kind of prefix this question with the, the kind of the phrase of, I don't know at what point and all the rest of it, but actually for this one, I would, would, would you have, or what would you say to that, to that young Stevie G that, was at a dog biscuit factory for the first time thinking 
the fuck am I doing? This isn't me. This isn't what I do. I'm a proper, you know, I work in proper. I do this. What would you say to that person now? You did the right thing, mate. Beautiful. Ladies and gents, Stevie G. <laughs> so, sir, so now I step away from the microphone. The floor is yours to kind of give a shout out to people, to projects, to things that are close to your heart, industry or non-industry related. It doesn't matter. It's your platform. So um, I will my chair away and the floor is yours, sir. Okay. Um, I just want to thank everyone I've worked with. Yeah. And that's on both sides, you know, um, production and the guys that looked after me, Pauline, Mitch, all of those people. And I guess the one thing really, which is kind of, I just want to say, what is it you say? Big ups? Yeah. yeah big up, big love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is really brilliant. And I think it goes along with what we're saying about film fam is, you know, um, a few years ago, Vaughn the Dawn came up to me and kind of asked me, um, we should do a party, mate. And he kept coming back and saying, we should do a party, mate, you know? Yeah. And I went, no, Vaughn, it's too messy, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm. And then sadly, the late, great King of the Trolls, Barry Wasserman, died. Mm. And I went, let's do it. Yeah. yeah? So, Rodden, Vaughn, Ben Ansel, Onka, Mickey Richards, respect. We won't have one this year, but we will next year. Enjoy it. Yeah. Big love. Very true. Epitome. Epitome of the film family. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And those blue plaques, they're there. They are now part of our generation's film history. Because it yeah. is. It's film history. It's it's part of our... It's now part of our DNA. It, yeah. it means the world... One, it's a great pie. But Absolutely. two, the reason... The reasonings behind it... And, and, and again, this goes to... This just, you know, as you said, Rod and the boys and Vaughn and, you know, they kind of, what they do to support our industry for not, like, they're not making, they're not making money. This isn't, this no. isn't a money-making venture. This we, is, you know, this is a and, chance. And it goes back, and I don't know which one of us kind of came up with it, you know, but it's by crew for crew. And it's just nice. a great thing to pull together. And yeah, let's yeah. just hope that in 2021, we're not having to give it to someone who's left us. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well, look, ladies and gents, for those of you who don't know, they're um, at stages five and six for for a number of years back to back. There was parties called "That's a Wrap," um, which for very much a short form. There were you know anyone could come. It was it was an open invite, but a very much of our short form family that um, had sadly passed away or left us, and 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 funds were kind of created, <laughs> and and it brought everyone together. It was also a kind of well done for the year for the crew yeah. you know for the hard work and everything but but underlying that there was this kind of let's not forget our other brothers and sisters who and this is the thing is that you know you meet someone and you work with them for 10 15 years you might not see them for five yeah, years yeah, yeah, yeah. but then you see them at, you see them on a stage and you haven't been together for five years and it's like you've never it's like you've never been apart. And that's Absolutely. the beauty for me of our industry. And that's what got us through the pandemic, even yeah. though we're still in it, but as in lockdown. 
and as you, and, and you're right, this is, it's, it's a massive shout out to everyone that kind of created it and, and the Jim Morrisons and all those people that, that have given back so much. And I guess for, for a, a thank you from the crew to you to, for allowing it to happen. Um, and for us to being able to kind of send our love and, and being able to kind of give a party because that's what we do. It's, it's the party for the people that won't be there to party with us and, and massive love and big respect for everyone that helps put it together. And, and um, yeah, I love it. That's a great yeah, show. And it's, and it's going back to what I said, it's self-serving altruism, you know? It's mm. it's a hell of a party. We all enjoy it, but somebody benefits from it. Yeah. yeah. So, Agreed. peace, brother. Thank you, sir. Well, look, ladies and gents, I'll do the outro because I think that whether you came onto this episode to listen to how to become a studio manager or not, you've come on because you might know this man and you might love this man and respect this man, or you might not know him at all. And what you've got from it is a, is a blueprint of how to make yourself and create an environment around you as a self-employed crew member, giving you the best chance to be able to, to do it for 20, 25 years and to create a life for you and your family. And I just really, really, Steve, I really want to give you the, the film goes round of applause woo, 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 for coming on and giving me over an hour of your time to, to talk about your story. And as I said, you know, if someone came in and wanted to listen to it to be a studio manager, they get it. If those people who are listening because they love you, they hear the stories and they learn a little bit about you. And for someone that doesn't know you and just wants to hear about making it in the industry, I think it's been a fantastic app. So ladies and gents, send him your love. I'll post it all over Instagram and Facebook share it to people send it to the film students because they these are the these are the people these are the experienced people that are able to give your brothers and sisters and cousins and runners um the experience and the knowledge to be able to create it so i thank you again sir um and ladies and gents until we meet again in black island canteen big love massive respect and that is a wrap so that was a chat with the king or queen in the game. I'll give it a shout at the end so you all know the name. It's the Film Gods Podcast. The what? The Film God Podcast.